So I'm sure you're all familiar with legendary broadcaster Paul Harvey, who made this statement famous. Now, the rest of the story. Heard that before. I see a lot of nodding heads, right? And unfortunately, Mr. Harvey left, left us a number of years ago. But uh, those legendary broadcasts really brought things home for me. Harvey's neatly woven tales always seemed to have a compelling twist that would keep the listener on edge until the very end. Both of today's scripture passages have twists and turns that keep us in suspense until the very end and wind up in a different place from where they began. The Old Testament lesson from the book of Psalms is downright depressing. It's the lament of all laments. Have mercy on me, Lord, because I'm depressed. My vision, my spirit, my body are overcome with grief. Have you ever been there? My life is consumed by sadness. My strength is fleeting. My joints are creaking. My bones are brittle. My body is breaking down. I know we've all had days that we've felt like that, right? Everybody thinks I'm a joke. Even my friends desert me. You can see getting deeper and deeper into this hole of darkness and depression. I'm forgotten like I'm dead. Completely out of my mind. I'm like a piece of pottery destroyed. We know how difficult it is to put back uh, a vase or anything like that that's been dropped and shatters into a million pieces. Almost impossible to put it back together. And oh, by the way, I've heard all the gossiping, the terror all around, others ganging up together against me. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like it's me against the world? Do I have a friend anywhere that I can turn to? Exasperating, exhausting, almost hopeless. We've all felt like that at one time or another until we hear the rest of the story. Here's how it goes. But me, I trust you, Lord. I affirm you are my God. My future is in your hands. Shine your face on your servant. Save me by your faithful love. There is indeed good news in our faith. A happy ending for the rest of this story. A similar story plays out in the New Testament passage from the Gospel of Matthew. We've heard this and it's perplexing. It's hard to make sense of the whole thing. How they would honor this great leader, this king, this prophet. And then turn around and condemn him to death. First there's the donkey and the colt. Now those are seemingly inconsequential details. But there's much more to this story too. First of all, how did Jesus know there would be a donkey and a colt there? Well, apparently it never dawned on the disciples that Jesus had the divine ability, the all-knowing reason to know what would come next, to know what was where. 
And then there's the issue of the colt being the offspring of the donkey. Could it be a metaphoric reference to the son and the father? And then there's the subject of fulfilling prophecy. A king is coming, but not in the way that you might suspect. I think it helps give us credence to prophecy, right? We go back on the Old Testament, especially in Isaiah, and look at what he prophesied and what actually happened. It seems to affirm our faith in the Word of God. So Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the King is right there on Palm Sunday for everyone to see. But he was hidden in plain sight. They would gather on that day and pay homage to him. They would lay down their garments and sit on them, just like the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, except, you know, you bring your folding chair or whatever, right? You've got to get a front row seat. You've got to see, this is amazing. What's going on here? What's all the fuss? This is worth watching. I want a front row seat. So I'm going to lay down my garment, find a comfortable place to observe, and watch the coming of Jesus. They would hail his name. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's the highest tribute you could give to this great and wonderful ruler and king. But in the end, they got it wrong. They didn't know the rest of the story. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. In Galilee. No, not quite. Did he have prophetic powers? Absolutely. But he was so much more than that. He was the long-awaited Messiah. They didn't get it. They, they, They couldn't process it. They couldn't quite understand it. He was so much more. Soon we would learn the truth... But not until we heard the rest of the story. And of course, as we all know, that will play out again this coming week. Beginning with the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, a seemingly joyful occasion. But then there was a betrayal about to take place. And seemingly that would mess everything up. But that was part of of God's sacred plan. Jesus would be betrayed, but that would set in motion a series of events. And we all know the sorrow of Good Friday, the agony of the cross. But soon, in just a couple of days, the cross would be empty. And then a few days after that, the tomb would also be empty. So Jesus, on that night of the Last Supper, would soon be accused and convicted and condemned unjustly. But then things started to change. Then we began to hear and understand the rest of the story. To this day, many people do not view Jesus as the Messiah, but instead a prophet who, like many other prophets, was put to death. Okay, no big deal. Jesus, yeah, he was a pretty special guy, but... Not any big deal, certainly not the Messiah. 
The king that we're waiting for is going to come in glory. We'll know it. We'll know it when he comes. Well, that's true for the second coming, but it wasn't necessarily the case the first time around. But for us, we were lucky because somehow we found out, we figured out the rest of the story. How it got passed down to us and how we came to accept it, I can't say for sure. It's probably different for all of you. Certainly we had to be exposed in one way or another to the Word of God. We had to pick up the Bible at least occasionally and thumb through it. Perhaps it happened early on when we were in Bible school or Sunday school and someone took the time to mentor us and tell us the story, tell us the truth about Jesus. Others came across it in quite different ways. Everybody has a different story here. But you all know the rest of the story. So what happened next was certainly not pleasant. The agonizing death on the cross, and even to this day it's kind of hard to process it. Why did it have to happen that way? Why could he not have come in glory and wiped out all sin? Various theories on that, and everybody has their own thought, but clearly for us, he had to die for all sins, past present, and future. So the weight of everything that we had done, or would do, or might still do, hung on his shoulders on that Good Friday. And you can imagine the weight becoming more and more agonizing until death finally came. And there you go. That's the end of the story. This prophet is gone. Who cares? Nice story. We move on. Despite all the naysayers, and all the non-believers, we know the truth of Calvary. We know what happened. We know the significance of what it meant. But we are small in number as we look around today. Our sanctuary is far from full, and we're delighted to have people join us in the parking lot and online, and those numbers are growing, and that's great. But so many people still do not know or refuse to accept the rest of the story. So consider how lucky we are because someone took the time to tell you the story. And maybe you had to be told over and over again. I'm sure I did. Before It took me a long time, to be honest, to process it, to understand it. Wait, you mean, you mean my sin was absolved by his sacrifice? Don't I have a role in this? Don't, shouldn't I do something? Well, yeah, we should. We should repent. And reconcile. But it was that sacrifice that changed everything. And we know with confidence because we know the rest of the story. There is still much of the story yet to be revealed. We don't know all the details. We get a little hint in Revelation and elsewhere what is to come. But it's so magnanimous, so brilliant that it's hard for our minds to process the whole thing. We do know this, however. We do know that it will have a happy ending. So, before it's too late, let's share the story of Christ's passions, complete with all the twists and turns, so others will know. Know what? Well, 
in honor of that great storyteller, I'll ask him to have the final words. Now you know the rest of the story. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed to know the rest of the story, the entire story, the reason for your Father's master plan and your willingness to carry it out in obedience. Your death and resurrection changed our fate forever, giving us the opportunity to choose salvation over eternal damnation. And so once again, we give you thanks and praise for your grand and glorious gift today and always. Amen.